Welcome to A Brief Chat. I'm Jason Crane. Today is August 5th. This is the second time I've had to do this now because I don't know what month it is, and I'm fairly sure it's 2020. Let's take a look back at this day in radical history via the Slingshot Collective Day Planner. On this day in 1992, 100,000 people marched in South Africa in favor of multiracial rule. You can find cool radical events and all kinds of help on things like dealing with the cops and uh, starting your own collectives and that kind of thing in the Slingshot Collective Day Planner, which you can get a copy of at slingshotcollective.org. And I think there's also an app now, actually, because there's an app for everything. It is the first Wednesday of August. And the first Wednesday of the month, we always talk about books. And to do that, we always have Farwa Zaidi here. Uh, she has a great uh, blog and uh, Instagram, uh, kind of corresponding Instagram called Farwa Reads, which will be linked in the show notes. Farwa, welcome back to the show. Great to have you here. Thanks. Thanks for having me again. So we are, I mean, it seems like uh, every time that you've been on in the last few months, we've just as much as I wish that circumstances around us were changing for the better, uh, they don't generally speaking seem to be, although there, I guess there are some signs of progress and some issues, but, uh, so I'm, I'm curious uh, this month, what you've got for us. Well, I actually just over the weekend read the memoir when they call you a terrorist by Patrice Khan Coolers. I'm not yeah. sure if you've heard of it. I have heard of it. I haven't read it, but I have heard of it. It was amazing. I just, wanted to share about that today because it really spoke to me yeah please do kind of set the scene for us right so it's a memoir um patrice khan kohler's is one of the original founders of black lives matter she was actually the first person to ever use the hashtag right after george zimmerman was acquitted um and her memoir is really poetic and an in-depth look at her history and how she ended up founding this worldwide movement um so she grew up in van nuys which is an impoverished neighborhood in Los Angeles with her single mother and three siblings. Her parents divorced when she was young, but she says and maintains throughout the book that her father always remained in their lives and is still a huge influence on her. Um, However, when she was a preteen, her mother took her aside and told her that her father wasn't actually her father. Um, She had had an affair during her marriage and Patrice was... Patrice's father is a different man than the rest of her siblings. Um, So she ended up meeting her biological father and immediately felt a deep connection to him and the rest of his family. He unfortunately suffered from a drug problem and was sent to prison for a few years right after they met. And this really impacted her largely. She was always very concerned with like social justice and racial equity. And she knew that her father being in prison was no accident and she knew that it would affect her for years to come. Um, when he got out, he was determined to turn his life around and he and Patrice began to organize together. She's actually been a community organizer since she was a teenager, which is which comes as no surprise given the capacity of the movement she started. But anyway, her father was doing great until he had another run-in with the law and was sent back to prison for three years. Um, Patrice and her friends took care of him to the best of their ability, but prison, as we all know, takes a huge toll on people. Um, After he left prison for the last time, he died of a heart attack only about six months later. So her father's story absolutely further inspired her to organize, but so did her brother Monte. Monte is Patrice's older brother who suffered from schizoaffective disorder and was arrested multiple times during different episodes. Each time he left prison, it was clear how much mistreatment he'd faced inside. 
at one point while he was having a flashback, uh, while he was having a flashback episode triggered by PTSD, he began drinking water out of the toilet because that's what he used to do in prison. It took a lot of community work and effort to help him heal, and Patrice was there every step of the way. She later found out about a lawsuit against the LAPD for excessive torture and force and realized that's what had happened to her brother as well. This inspired her to do an art piece about police brutality, which she toured the country with. So, like, reading about her brother and, like, reading about her father really, like, drove home the point for me that we're always hearing that, like, we can learn so much about our present and our future from learning about our history. And it was really, like, you know, reading about her father went through and what her brother went through and like her seeing all of this as a young adult, like obviously she's going to have a huge connection to like racial equity and like fighting for these movements. And it's clear why she got into anti-police brutality work and how she ended up starting Black Lives Matter. She and her family have suffered endlessly pretty much under the hands of police enforcement and incarceration. So I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And it's kind of amazing. I mean, you could imagine an alternate version of this story where the 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 history with her father and with her brother takes so much of her energy that when a moment comes where, you know, she starts Black Lives Matter, instead, she could have just been kind of exhausted and wiped out like so many people are, you know, from just having just having to slog through that. I mean, that's it's an incredible sounds like an incredible amount of resiliency to be able to still Definitely. be in the fight, even after being in the fight in that intensely personal way. Definitely. And that's what I found so amazing is that she's been organizing since she was in high school. Um, the high school she went to was very dedicated towards social justice. And that's kind of how she got into it. And she had been working with an organizing group since she was like 17. So like, to be part of it at such a young age and especially to be part of it because you see your father going through it and because you see your brother going through it, just, it just shows like what a personal connection she has to the moment. Yeah. Can you say a little bit about the, the moment when Black Lives Matter started? Yeah. So she says she was actually traveling with a few friends visiting um, someone she had organized with who was in prison for, robbery or something similar to that and the trial of George Zimmerman was going on at the time and she was with her friends in a hotel room when they found out that George Zimmerman was acquitted and just this moment of realizing that my friend is in prison for stealing like something completely minimal something completely like non-substantial right while George Zimmerman is going to go free and she said that her friend had posted on Facebook that, you know, this is, this doesn't actually come as a surprise. We've been taught for so long that Black lives don't matter and something to that effect. And she said she responded with the hashtag Black Lives Matter. And that just took on a complete life of its own, as we all know. Yeah, that's really amazing. Are there other thoughts about her or about this book uh, that you'd like to share? Yeah, I just, like, reading this book at this particular moment in time was, really fulfilling for me, especially because I've been seeing all these posts on social media by people saying like, oh, Black Lives Matter was just a trend. It started like six weeks ago when these protests started and now it's over. And that always bugged me and I couldn't put into words why, but it's basically erasure 
of this movement that had been going on since 2013, which is over half a decade. So to say that it's a trend that began last month and now it's over is just it just erases the work that these women, mostly black women, mostly like genderqueer and non-binary people have been doing. And that's completely like disrespectful to the movement itself. So I just, the thought that stayed with me throughout the book was that this is not a trend and it's not going to go away anytime soon. Yeah. And that, that uh, kind of belittling it as either a trend or, you know, hashtag activism, uh, that kind of thing that, you know, we can look around us and see, I mean, you and I live in different cities on the opposite sides of the country. And uh, my guess is we can both physically see the impact of the Black Lives Matter movement in the streets of our respective cities and uh, around the country in places of all different sizes. I mean, it, it, it sure, it may have started as a hashtag, but it uh, not only captured a moment, but inspired a moment that has played out mm-hmm. in incredibly physical and, I mean, I think probably it will show history-altering ways since then. So yeah. that, that kind of attempt to, like, push it off because it's something either younger folks did or, you know, something that started online, that it just kind of disgusts me. And it yeah. and it really is ignorant of the way activism often happens nowadays, too. For sure. And, I mean, I know George Floyd's death was like a light, like a world turning movement in the moment that it happened in. But, you know, like I said, this movement has been going on for years and years. And to say that it just started does erase all those years of work, you know, like Absolutely. Eric Garner's death and Trayvon Martin's death and Michael Brown's death, like all these deaths were equally as important. And the work that was done to bring those to light and to bring justice to their families was equally as important. Farah, will you just remind us of the author and title again? Yes. So the title of the book is When They Call You a Terrorist, a Black Lives Matter Memoir by Patrice Khan Coors. And we'll have links to that in the show notes and also links to uh, Farwa Zaidi's blog and Instagram where you can find lots of great book content. Uh, Farwa, it's always a joy to have you on the show. I thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Of course. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. This has been A Brief Chat. You can find all of the previous Farwa Reads episodes by going to abriefchat.com. And in the navigation menu, you'll see that there's a Farwa Reads tag. You can just click on that and all of the book reviews will be right there. And if you look in the show notes of each of those reviews, you'll find links. Um, They're not Amazon links. They're just links to the publishers, generally speaking, of those books or if the authors have their own websites, they're links to that. And uh, you'll also find links, as I mentioned, to uh, Farwa's own sites, and you'll find a way to become a member of this show if you would like to. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for spreading the word and for sharing uh, the podcast and the videos. I love you. A better world is possible, but we have an awful lot of work to do.